G'day punters and welcome to Winning Post's preview podcast for the weekend of Saturday, June 24. I'm John Barker. Joining me is Joel Marshall uh, from Winning Post. Uh, Carl Diorio has been seconded for Royal Ascot duties at Racing.com this week. And so uh, he, I imagine, is catching up on some much-needed rest. Well, Joel, last Group 1 of the Australian season. It's a very competitive one. And in fact, uh, as I've noted in the paper this week, uh, if Kieran Maher and Dave Eustace, if one of their two runners gets up, they will have tied Chris Waller for most Group 1 wins for the season, which uh, is quite an achievement in a category that uh, Waller has dominated for 10 years. Yeah, indeed. Uh, it would just sort of cap off the, the rise and rise of Maher Eustace this season, won't it? Uh, Chris Waller might have something to, to say about um, you know putting an extra tally an extra win on his tally. He's got a couple of runners as well. Uh, but I think this race is all about the three-year-old fillies. They head the market. I speak of Ruthless Dame and Opal Ridge. Uh, probably advantage Opal Ridge when the barrier draw came out on Wednesday morning, but there's not a big gap between them in the betting. And yeah, I think a lot of people are honing in on those two. With some of the other mares that are in the race, uh, I don't know, I think there's a few of them in there this year that are out of form. I've seen previous Tats Tiaras where there's been, you know, you can make a case for sort of nine or ten winning chances, but I'm not sure that's the case this year. All righty. Well, we'll get to that shortly because we're going to start off by going right through the Eagle Farm blacktop, uh, and we may as well do the battle uh, for the bush too. Not that, uh, that's, not that it's probably all that easy for anyone to uh, be too confident about the result of uh, that race, which is the same every year. Um, but we'll start with race one, which is a listed race. It's the Tattersall's Life Members Stakes, 1,400-metre set weights for two-year-olds. And uh, there's only six acceptors, Joel, but a couple of interesting runners. Yeah, yeah. I think it's it's a race where you can you could sort of really make a case for any of them. I know um, there's a couple of people out there tipping the, the rank outsider, which is at two brute. Um, so, yeah, I think it's a very competitive race. But there is a horse in there that I'm keen to back because I think he's got a bright future. I speak of the Chris Waller train, Kirikan. His trials in Sydney have been really good. Uh, I was expecting him to pop up there, but uh, Chris whipped him up to Queensland and just Doombin, the tightest track on debut. He was off midfield and he just couldn't run down right to party, who's a, a key rival again here. But I think the bigger track and 1,400 metres is going to play to his advantage. I think he's going to be just one of these typical late-season two-year-olds from the Wallace stable that will just get nice and seasoned through the Queensland winter and we'll see bigger things of him in the future. So I'm going to be with him, uh, head of number four, Zuccaret, who was wide and very brave last time out behind namesake. One, Cat Ferret, who comes through the Phoenix Stakes, went third behind Azula, and I've got right to party in for four. Three, four, one, six. Across to race three which is the next of the black type race. Another small field, Tattersall's Cup. This is a group three set weights and penalties over 2,400 metres and uh, just a seven facing the starter here. Yeah, and the market's sort of really honing in on the, the two up the top and they've got bright claims, Ekaterina and Chinny Boom. I've gone for one at a bit of odds here, number nine, six sides, who is going to have to improve uh, because she's just been oh, going around... Just... Yeah, no, do go on with that, Joel, but you're on the Phillies plate. Uh, I was on the staying. I was, I was I was going straight across to the staying. Oh, you, 
<laughs> but no, no, I no. Really, I, really should be, I really should be tuning in, but I'll I'll press on with this race too. Yeah, like six sides have gone for a bit of value in the second race. Um, three-year-old filly's played. It's not a bad field. And yeah, as I said, she's got to improve off her couple of Sunshine Coast runs, but did run second to Ralphie first up. That horse came out and ran really well behind Deep Hoare at Ipswich last week. So there's a bit of depth to the form and at big odds, you can have something each way. Uh, certainly... Uh, Ekaterina and Chinny Boom are smart types and will be hard to beat. And I've got Garnati. Haven't seen the best of her yet. No luck first up at Doombin. And then last time out, drew wide at Eagle Farm. Loomed and just peaked on her run. Maybe she can improve here. Uh, nine, one, two, and 6. And I might as well press straight on to the Tats Cup, which is the race we were talking about, Marks. And well, this is still a bit up in the air because the Mediterranean has not been scratched as yet. He's in the uh, race at Randwick over 2,600 metres and where he's got 62 kilos and still in here, the Tats Cup. Wherever he goes, I'm going to be with him. I would have thought they would come up here, even though the set weights conditions is probably against him slightly. Uh, I'm just not sure whether he can lump 62 in, in Sydney. But in any case, I, he, look, this import is going really well for Sarah Ryan. The first up run was good at 2,000. He made the necessary improvement at 2,400. Just, he did dictate in front uh, Reese Jones, who, who rode him that day, but probably just got caught napping a little bit. Just probably needed to quicken up slightly sooner than he did. And those from midfield and off the pace rushed up to him and he looked well and truly beaten, but I liked the fight in him uh, to hold on for third. So I think he's heading in the right direction. Uh, I've got him on top here of number two, Luncey's, who's been chasing home without a fight. That looks the right form. Three Spirit Ridge, very consistent. Four Young Verta can fill a minor role. Six, two, three, four. Race four is the aforementioned Battle of the Bush final. No Metro wins last two years. Uh, they're all coming from heats right around the big state of Queensland on various services. So um, always a bit of a dartboard job, Joel, but uh, unless you've got some sort of uh, information that you can share with us. Yeah, no, I'll, um, I'm happy to call it a dartboard job, that's for sure. Uh, I leaned to number 10, Roland with the flow, who's got a wide gate. But this time last year, he was competing in town and had some pretty decent efforts to his name. This preparation has mainly been uh, out in the bush, although still trained on the Gold Coast uh, by Ryan Tyrrell and Tom Button. He's just started to find some form. He's won two of his last three. So I think if he gets a bit of luck from the gate, he's in the right sort of form. Uh, number five, Isis Carmella. I've got in for second, Ben Thompson, to ride. Uh, this horse also starting to hit form. Number seven, Hard Stride, the old boy nearing retirement. Uh, 12-year-old, he's been an absolute marvel. He's won over 800,000. Uh, with successful stints with three stables. And, well, he was out of form, and then all of a sudden he turned it around and won his qualifier at Gympie. So maybe there's still uh, another big performance left in the old boy. And in for fourth, number 13, Grand Palazzo. Race five at the farm on Saturday is the listed Tattersall's Mile, 1,600 metres as the name suggests, and it is a quality handicap. Yeah, I've gone with number 11, Osmos. Uh, she had the option of running in race six over the 2,100 against her own sex, but here she is against the boys over the mile. Uh, she's been ticking along well for the Waterhouse Bot team since arriving from France. Placed in the Pam O'Neill second up. Last time out, didn't have a lot of room when she needed it. Uh, she drops down to 54 kilos. And look, there doesn't look to be a lot of tempo in the race. And I think she can hopefully 
press forward. I would say they definitely will press forward from that gate and she can get a decent enough run and will be hard to beat. Number 14, Mr. Yushu. Had no luck at all last start. Was $71 behind Munamek. Uh, if he sees daylight at the 200, I think he certainly finishes in the placing. So if he can run up to that, he's a chance. Uh, number four, fine point. I've got him for third. Got three duck eggs next to her name, but this is a bit easier than what she's been contesting. And she did work home okay in the Dane Ripper without a lot of luck. And in for fourth, number three, Punchura. Raced with success in Queensland last year. Returned from New Zealand uh, with the run at Eagle Farm the other day. Was a bit disappointing, but just might have needed that run. So hopefully he can improve. Um, he was on his best form, he'd be some sort of chance. But 11 on top from 14, 4 and 3. First leg of the quaddy at the farm on Saturday is race 6. Kiss 973, Tattersall's Gold Crown. Listed race over 21.37, set weights and penalties for the fillies and mares. Yeah, this race has had Princess Rainey's name written all over it this time in. She's had three runs, all at 1,600. The first up run was outstanding from a mile back, just charged home and I think made it into plenty of punters' black books. Stayed at the mile for the Pam O'Neill, again strong from last to run second behind Frumos. I think people sort of were just watching her the other day. Like She was a little bit soft in the market because she was staying at a mile again for a third run this time in. And she wasn't as visually, uh, you know, catching the eye, but it was certainly a good enough run. Now she gets to her, her right sort of distance and I think she's ready to win. One, Thalassophile, the hardest to beat. She was pretty good over this distance in the Mayor's Cup two runs back, came back to the mile, uh, went third behind Foxy Frieder. Two, pretty amazing. She's been kept on the fresh side since that Pam O'Neill where she got back to near last and ran on really well. It was probably a run that was on par to Princess Rainey's. I'd be surprised if the winner came outside those three. I've got Lekvart in next best. She's finding it hard to win, but the run last time out was better and she gets a bit of weight relief. Four on top from one, two and five. The big one at the farm on Saturday is race seven, Sky Racing Tattersall's Tiara. Group one, 1,400 metres, standard weight for age for fillies and mares, worth 700,000. And it's a young mares race. It's been going for 33 years. Only once has it been won by a mare over the age of five. That was Tycoon Tara in 2017, who was six. Uh, and Joel, you are with the younger generation, as you alluded to earlier. Yeah, a lot of people are honing in on the fillies, and I've got them to Quinella it. Um, I'm sticking with Ruthless Dame despite the barrier, just hoping she can get a little bit of luck. Uh, she's just a, a very promising filly. She got the job done well in the Sangster, went fresh and back to the 1200. And I thought her Stradbroke run was excellent. She just stepped a little bit slow and was probably a length further back than she needed to be and just left her with too much to do. But her sectionals were the best of the race. It was an excellent run. And yeah, I think she'll be very hard to beat. Opal Ridge was game in the Dane Ripper, just had no luck, caught wide and and beat all bar Comrade Rosa. Prior to that, she showed an electric turn of foot, winning at Scone. Uh, in for third, I'll throw my old favourite, Charm Me Baby, in at Huge Odds. She ran a pretty good race in this race last year. She was 50 to 1, and she drew 16. No luck. She was four wide the trip and, and finished midfield, only beaten three lengths. So she's good enough to run a cheeky race in this event. She was just ridden upside down and left exposed outside the lead last time out. Prior to that, she looked bang on track with that second to Munamek. And in for fourth, she's going to need luck now. Revolutionary miss from that gate. But just similar sort of form lines uh, to Ruthless Dane coming through the, 
the surround earlier this prep, which was an excellent run. And I thought she did enough in the Dane Ripper, considering she was always going to improve with that run under the belt. 15, 16, 12 and 17. Race eight, third leg of the quaddy at Eagle Farm is the Eureka Stud WJ Healy Stakes, Group 3, 1,200-metre quality, and uh, your second selection, Big Parade, has come out since we went to press. Yeah, well, I'm going to give Quantico another chance. He was a good thing beaten first up when held up for far too long and then flew late and just missed pissing, uh, pissing, uh, just missed picking up. Athelric in the Hortensia at Scone. And then I don't know what to make of that run at Eagle Farm. He was heavily backed right when markets went up early in the week. And he started a $2.80 favourite. And he was a bit plain. It wasn't disgraceful, but I expected better. Um, maybe a faster tempo here will suit. And I think you just have to give him another chance because he was too good first up um, just to, you know, sort of to drop off him off one... I'll say poor run, but, you know, as I said, it wasn't terrible. He did run fifth. So I'll give him another chance, Quantico, to beat two Prince of Boom. He's a fast horse. He can hopefully negate that wide barrier quickly. Nine, the big goodbye with the 55 kilos on the right draw certainly gets his chance. And now I'll throw in number seven, King Kappa, who bounced back to winning form last time out. It was a strong effort. And, you know, it's always sort of looked this sort of class, and he sort of proved it last time out. Four from two, nine, and seven. Okay, that wraps up the black type at Eagle Farm. Joel's best was in the big one, race seven, number 15, Ruthless Dame. And your value bet, assuming he does turn up, is race three, number six, the Mediterranean. Sydney, they are racing at Randwick, and there is a listed race there, and that is race eight. The Drinkwise Civic Stakes 1,400-metre quality Joel. And uh, you're with one who uh, is a little bit hard to catch, uh, possibly a little bit a little bit overdue, um, but could bounce back here. Yeah, it's a tricky race, this. Um, I was would have been really keen on Kaboo, but he was a long way down the order of entry early in the week. And as it was, he did pay up, but didn't even make the emergency. So... It's, yeah, it's a tricky race. I've landed on Waihaha Falls, the horse you were talking about, and he's come up with a, a terrible gait, 16. So he's going to need a bit of luck. But the market sort of, you know, the, the odds assessors weren't put off by that barrier because as soon as markets went up Wednesday, he did open the $5 favourite. He's a, he's a talented horse. I, look, I think he's better with some give in the ground, but some of his good track runs have been very good. Um, look, he, he, he did improve second up on the heavy in the hallmark. His scone run, he just got too far back. Opal Ridge had an electric turn of foot. He didn't, but he worked home okay. He's been back to the trials, trialed well. I think he's looking for 1,400, and he just has a touch of class. You know, some of these, I don't know, probably met their mark a bit, and he's still got a little bit of upside. So I've gone his way to beat number nine, Long Villas, another horse that I reckon has got a ton of upside, this French import. We've seen him twice. He ran... Very good last sectionals, fastest last 600 of the race in the five diamonds. That was the race Ellsberg controlled from up front. He then went to the Ingham, drew 20 of 20, and it was just a horror show. So you can forget that. His recent trial was good, and he's already been specced. So he's one that I've got a lot of interest in. Number three, Tamahia, another import, this time for Annabelle Neesham. We saw her resume 
from a spell. Her first run in Australia in this race 12 months ago, she drew 13 with 59 kilos and uh, crossed over outside the lead and, and didn't drop out, held on quite well. Obviously, something went amiss in the Pam O'Neill and we haven't seen her since, but she's in with a lighter weight. She's got an inside draw. I expect her to show some improvement. And 16 Fox Fighter, if he can sneak a run, I think he's looking for the longer distance. 12, 9, 3 and 16, but it is a wide race. Your specials at Randwick come up earlier in the program. Yeah, I'm with the former Kiwi Darlington County in race six, number 10. She trialled really nicely before her first start in Australia at Warwick Farm over the mile. Always thought that was going to be a touch short, certainly on what she showed in New Zealand. She settled just off midfield. They didn't go hard at all. Uh, they, they broke 34 for their last 600 there, and she was really hitting the line, just starting to build her revs late. Uh, beaten just over a length and a half by King of the Castle. I expect that form to hold up nicely back to Mare's grade. 1,800, I probably would have liked her better at 2,000, but I think she's come back. I think she's got a bit more zip in her legs here than what she showed in New Zealand, that's for sure. So I've made her my best and my value in the race before. Race 5, number 14, Time Quest. A lightly raced import for Matthew Smith. I was quite taken by his... Uh, Maiden win first up in Australia. He beat a horse there called Louisville, who he meets again on Saturday. That horse then went straight to a Warwick Farm benchmark 64 as a maiden and won. So the form has been franked. Time Quest, meanwhile, went back to Newcastle for a class one. He didn't draw as well, and he settled last from the outside barrier and really warmed up strongly late. He was just looking for further than 1,400. He gets it here. It does have a tricky gait, but I expect him to be finishing strongly. And interestingly, Matthew Smith has another import in race seven. I've made my roughie for the meeting, a horse called Royal Robbins. Uh, he ran last at Rose Hill at his first run here, but the tempo was just no good for him. He's been back to the trials and trials well, step up in distance suits, and he does drop five kilos. So I'm expecting a cheeky run from him. All righty, back to Caulfield for the first time in 2023. For Melbourne Metro racing on Saturday, a little bit of rain uh, due between now, as we speak to you on Thursday afternoon, and then it's a it was a soft five Thursday morning, so we're probably talking soft six or seven. Uh, what did you like at the Heath, Joel? Yeah, well, I've jumped onto a horse that I haven't been with at all this prep, and he's. Um, you know, if you've been with him, you've been <laughs> losing your dough, but I'm going to hopefully going to step in at the right time. I speak of Castilian. Race five, number three. I think this is a winnable race. He was ticking along really well. Fourth at Sandown, fourth at Flemington. Didn't have a lot of luck then at Flemington. And then at Sandown, some money came for him. He jumped at 650. The blinkers went on and he was just ridden upside down. They, they pressed forward from the wide gate. He didn't settle. He went too hard and dropped out. Uh, Patrick Payne gave this horse a trial at Tatura on Monday, I think it was, and sat back last, so they restrained him, and he just ran over them under a strong hole. Didn't beat much, but I just think they can ride him with the cover here from Barrier 3 with the blinkers on, and he can be a sharp improver. My value bet is race 7, number 12, Starlight Scope. Uh, pretty honest mare, this. She's first up for Pat Carey. First up last prep, ran third, giving... Wait to the winner. That winner was Cy. We've seen her win twice this preparation, including at Flemington last week. Uh, Starlight Scope's next two runs were pretty good at the Valley and Flemington. She's had two jump outs for this, a winner at Mornington and a winner at the Caulfield set of jump outs held last week. So she's going along nicely. I think she can run a race at good odds. 
my specials are in the last two races at Caulfield, and uh, I'll be hoping that uh, on pace is the place to be there. I've got Not Usual Glorious coming off that excellent Swan Hill Cup win. Uh, super form in the wet. Moves up to uh, 2,000 metres and super form at that trip as well. Should be pretty bomb-proof as long as uh, they're not just uh, uh, totally swooping by that time of the day. Uh, that's race eight, number two. And my value bet race nine, number 11, Sky Wolf, who look, is back after uh, pretty much a, exactly a year. Uh, this meeting last year was uh, Sky Wolf's last appearance, but uh, very good fresh form, very good form overall. Can race forward, and uh, I guess the question is preparedness. Jump outs have been good, but uh, watch the market. But that's race nine, number 11 at Caulfield. And speaking of saving the best till last, Joel, that is what you have done at Morfordville on Saturday in Adelaide. Yeah, waiting till late in the day. My value bet is race eight, and it's number 14, Born to Run. Uh, this horse... Uh, I liked it the other day over 1,000 metres on the Morfordville Parks track. Uh, he got back and really caught the eye. I was doing best work late. Beaten less than three lengths. I thought off the back of that, where she started $81, uh, she would be a bit shorter in the market. But I think you can get $81 for her on Saturday. So she's got to prove that she can run 1,200. But uh, last prep, when she uh, ran second at Morfordville, I think when she won, she was ridden much closer to the speed. So they're riding her back this prep. I think just trying to get out to that longer trip. And she showed last time out that she's looking for further. Hopefully that's the case. Uh, and race eight, my best bet here is Footlights. Number eight, the former Busted and Young horse has had two runs for the new stable in South Australia. Both of them have been quite nice. Did only beat one horse home on the parks track second up, but he was back three wide. It was an on-pace controlled race. And he was hitting the line quite well, beating just under four lengths. He was doing nice late work. Now he gets out to 1,800. He won third up last prep, uh, so he's third up here and the blinkers go on. I'm expecting a, a really forward run from him, and he's around $15. All righty, Belmont, once again, the venue for Perth racing on Saturday. There is nothing particularly exciting going on there. There is a race called the Rogue and Josh Stakes, but uh, as they do that in Perth occasionally, it's not a stakes race. Our Perth man, Greg Hooper. His best, race four, number six, Triple J. Value bet, race nine, number two, Vane Tempest. Earlier in the day, across the Tasman, uh, they were going to be racing at Tauranga, but they've moved that, Joel, but they are still racing at Rickerton. Yeah, that's right. Uh, inundated with a stack of rain around Tauranga, so they've moved that meeting to the Cambridge Synthetic. Fields weren't finalised. Uh, time of winning post going to print, but... Um... I did notice that my best bet was in the race that they're not even going to run. My value bet's already come out. So we can uh, probably just ignore that meeting and, yeah, stick to Rickerton uh, on Saturday. It's, uh, yeah, there's no feature racing down there. The track will be heavy. My best bet is race three, number seven, Miss Miranda. Lightly raced Philly. She won her maiden first up, leading throughout. Tried to do the same last time. It was just a little bit more pressure, and she got swamped in the last 150 metres. If she can have that same early speed back to the 1,000, I think she'll be racing very well here on Saturday. And my value bet is race four. Number five, Chiquito. Was held up in behind them and didn't get a lot of room when she needed it first up. I thought it was a pass mark. She ran a very close second in this race last year behind Eminon, who she meets again. But that horse has won a few races in the 12 months since, whereas Chiquito hasn't. But Chiquito does meet it five kilos better. 
12 months down the line and and there was a, a decent run at group level uh, from Chiquito uh, late last year. So she hasn't lost all form and I thought off the first up run she was worth a look. Rightio, yeah, Chiquito, fantastic uh, 1970s uh, chocolate bar as well, Joel, possibly a bit before your time. Um, so that wraps up uh, after, as Derek Smalls would say, cosy 24 minutes. No jazz odyssey to go to. So instead, we will wrap up the preview section and go straight to our best $20 bet of the weekend, Lazy Lobsters. Well, as I said about last week, the better probably. You went far away with man behind the money, John. Yeah, yeah, he loomed up to win and just couldn't get there. I was a little bit disappointed initially, but the, the leader had just had too much of a, a picnic in front. So I think uh, we can stick with man behind the money, one to follow, but hopefully we can go one better this week. I, I'm going to go with the big one uh, in the Tats Tiara. I think it's a race of limited chances and John Allen's riding well. If he can just present her at the right time, I think she'll win. Ruthless Dame. And I am going to go to Caulfield and I am going to go race five, number eight, Hazel Baby. Uh, that leaves us only to remind you to pick up your winning post. If you haven't already, it's in the shops first thing Friday morning online as we speak to you. Uh, all the form for Friday, Saturday and Sunday. Uh, all of your favourite features and plenty of great reading besides including this week Q&As uh, by Richo with... Uh, Bruce McAvaney, who turned 70 today, that is Thursday the uh, 22nd, about his uh, life in racing, and also Bill Ryan, the uh, veteran and successful Tasmanian trainer who is giving it away at the end of the season, or in fact uh, possibly has already. Uh, Both very good reads, so do make sure you pick that up. Meanwhile, back plenty of winners. We'll talk to you next week on the Preview Podcast.